LAS. The LAS Podcast Network is an independent network of local creators based in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. Welcome to the So and then and then I says to her, get this. If you thought that was crazy, you should have seen what I posted on LAS Plus. Oh, ah. oh hello listener. We didn't see you there. Uh <laughs> wanted to remind you that our podcast here is sponsored by LASpodcastnetwork.com, the LAS Podcast Network group here. Uh and if you want to support us as well as many other local creators in a way that has never been done before, check us out on LAS Plus. Uh, which is where you can find a ton of bonus content from us, as well as a bunch of other super cool podcast groups in the area. And uh, maybe you can hear that crazy thing that I just said that I probably was really interesting that you can't hear anywhere else. Uh, there you go, guys. That was, that was Yeah, I dug I, it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thanks. We, I had, we I just, had preconceived we notions. Yeah. We just recorded some bonus content, too, that it will be available You're very excited. soon, I think, on LAS+. Plus. Yep. yep. We're all about so. the boner episodes it's out now okay so Is join it? join now and you can listen to it it's immediately only after it's now. only 89.99 per month right did i get that right 90 dollars yeah, per month 49 i think wasn't it and then we're running a guys uh, up, 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 deal. i honestly think it's way less than significantly all that. No, definitely less than yeah that. we're just yeah Oh, you guys <laughs> we're not in charge of the pricing no if we had anything to say about it it'd be a lot more yeah well definitely i mean listen, 10 bucks 10 bucks it's only ten bucks. Get into the quality it. of this content. If you guys, I mean, we, can, uh, we can charge whatever we want. People will pay. Just realize that most of the time we're joking around because that's what we do. Yeah, it's good to be back here in the studio with you guys. Yeah, it feels nice. Same. Had a nice little break there. Had a couple of great episodes recorded, including that bonus episode yeah. that's going to go up. Yeah, that's so, already up. That is up. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So you can go back in time and listen to it. Yeah. yeah, we got a huge episode for you guys today, and I'm really excited. We got to get to our guests soon. So, but real quick. What's going on in your life, Mike? Oh boy. Uh, well, you know we've we've filled up the last two weekends with ridiculous road trips. I guess I would classify it as just to chase around bands that we like, my wife and I like. And uh, two weeks ago, we went to Harris, Michigan, which was way further away than I thought it was. Uh, it's up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. You go up to like Oshkosh, which is a place we've been to before. That's like four hours away, and then you just keep going north for like two and a half, three more hours, and. Um, it was in this casino in the middle of nowhere. We saw Seven Dust for two, day, two days in a row. They ran this kind of uh, type of show they no, don't normally do, just two nights in a casino. Um, had a lot of fun there. And then last weekend, uh, just a couple days ago, we ended up uh, going to D- Des Moines to catch a show with uh, Madam Mayhem versus me and Uncured. And uh, great show, great bands, and I uh, had a great time. Been getting our fill of live music now that kind of things are back open again. Hell and yeah. just kind of really uh, enjoying our... Our, uh, I guess, freedom to go see live music. 
Sick. So yeah, man. Uh, when we're gonna be starting building on the house again here soon. We just I started just a little bit uh, like last weekend. Took advantage of Fool's Spring. The last day of Fool's Spring, I oh. uh, was able to build a little staircase for our basement because I'm really sick of going up and down ladders all the time carrying shit. You just whipped it out real quick, just a little staircase yeah. with some scrap wood. <laughs> some scrap, literally, yeah, that's what we did. Yeah, it, lo- uh, it looked like it. Yeah, it took, Not. it took a couple hours. I mean, it wasn't like a two-minute project, but we had all these two, uh, like two-by-eights and stuff laying around. And it's not a, the staircase is not to code. Like, if you actually look this up, this, is, this blew me away that, like, the like Lynn County and all their codes and all the you know residential building codes and stuff, they're so specific for exactly how a staircase has to be built and oh, all the, the, the even room. a temporary one. Yeah. Well, the temporary one, no, because that's oh. yeah, the one I built was not. Uh, it's basically too steep for, to meet their uh, their criteria. But um, yeah, we have to when we actually build the stairs for the house, you have to be really careful and like the tolerances for the differences in height between each step is like all listed out it's all very specific stuff so. well you've walked up a staircase where one step is like an inch higher than true the other oh one, yeah no it there's just a, fucks you up every time definitely and there's a reason for dude all i that. fall on my staircase all the fucking time especially <laughs> if i'm wearing like slippers or just socks oh, yeah. right it's a death trap and i yeah. just like all of a sudden you're oh <laughs> <laughs> both of my both of my, my wife and my daughter are like you're right <laughs> yeah well you might have some trouble with our temporary staircase then because it's it's definitely a little steeper than most but it's better than a lot it looked cool so. Yeah, well, thanks, man. Uh, yeah, so, Jeej, well, you've, I think, got a lot of news to share. Dude, I can't even get week. into all of it right now. I started a new job this week, and it's awesome. It's incredible. I'm so excited. I'm doing uh, video uh, production for local advertisements as part of KCRG's uh, advertising group. And you know how the first week at a new job goes. It's like you, you just, you're soaking in all of this new information, processes, and things like that. And then you get home and you're like, oh, my God, I need to sleep for 14 hours. Yeah. And then your baby's like, gotcha. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get eight hours, maybe, and you're going to like it. So so I know you've only had a couple days of this job, but I'm curious to know, how long do you think you will be there before you're able to start plugging the LAS Podcast Network on KCRG live uh, on air? It depends entirely. And or, it depends entirely on how much they're willing to pay me. There you go. Okay. Perfect. Good answer. I like that. Papa needs a new uh, boat or something. I don't know. A brand new bag, something like that. Shane, what's going on with you this week? Um, I was gone this whole week. I was in uh, St. George, Utah. And among amongst all the bluffs and cliffs and red sand, and I don't know if you guys have ever been to Utah or... I have not. No. Um, I, I'm right on the, on the border of Arizona and Utah, and it looks like you're in the Grand Canyon. So mm. it was cool. I, uh, we just chilled a lot which was nice. It was just good to be with family and just really do nothing. I mean, we went golfing one day at a really beautiful golf course, and it took me nine holes to remember how to hold a club. At least that's how it felt. So at first it was a little embarrassing, but I got her going. But there was this one where, of course, the marshal showed up, and it just seemed like there was an audience because you actually hit over a canyon. Oh, wow. They call it over the Grand Canyon, but it it's not the Grand Canyon, but it's a good little canyon, like 100 yards, 150 yards. Mm-hmm. But, you know, unless you uh, – it's like when you hit over water. It's it's not the same as just sitting over land, you know. You yeah. always have it in your head, you know. If I just remember that that's just space. Yeah, it yeah. makes no difference what's there, but, yeah. that's So I got up there, and, of course, we had to wait for people to get off the, the green. So it was all this long waiting, and then it's me. I got up there, and I just duffed it into the weeds right away. Didn't even get into the oh, canyon man. at all. And I don't get a do-over, no mulligans in this game. But, uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun. We, I drank a lot of wine over the weekend. Good. A lot of red wine. Good. Um, good. 
and had some good Thai food. Nice. Utah is interesting has enough. Good Thai food? Well, it's not notorious for it or anything, but <laughs> yeah. Um, on our way home, it looked like we were going to miss our plane, and they postponed it like three times. Then finally, we got to to Denver, and then they're they're like, "You're going to be stuck here because we're you're not going to make your connection flight because it was three hours right late." And that's like the worst like game to play. With yeah. Well, the they airlines. said you know if we don't do this, we can't get out of St. George for like two or three more days. Yeah. So I'm like, we got to at least get to Denver, and right. then we can catch one in the morning or something. Yeah. And so luckily we got there, and our flight was like an hour and a half delayed. So we made it home, and I'm here now hanging out with all you beautiful people. And Perfect. It was a good weekend, but it's good to be back. What except if- for the fuck. Fuck. Except for the fuck. Uh, the <laughs> snow came down right when we came back. So yeah. I went from like 70-degree weather to... That burnt, six inches of snow. <laughs> that burned us on our road trip to Des Moines, which is not nearly as far away as Utah, of course. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we were driving, and it was like when we left to go there, it was like the forecast was there's just going to be a trace of snow, no big deal, like a trace to maybe two inches, whatever. Nope. Wake up in the morning, there's like six inches everywhere. It's like, you know, kind of a real deal to get Right home. after the tornado. Yeah, the tornado, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and that Which was, was in Winterset, where yeah. my, I have family there. Right I mean, out there, yeah. Seth's girlfriend's family lives in Winterset, so that was It was the first crazy. EF4 in a long time, I think. And, uh, you know, obviously a number of people lost their lives, which is awful. And it was just a, a super long track, like 70 miles almost, I think. Crazy. But yeah, so definitely thoughts for um, those affected by that. Definitely. Storm. Well, on that positive note, yeah. guys, <laughs> uh, we're going to bring in our guest here. And... Um, I'm really excited for this. He's a guy that I've been wanting to get into the studio for a long time. We have a ton to talk about. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a really good episode. So without further ado, I'd like to cordially introduce our guest, Tim King. Tim. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. I, Glad uh, to be here. I, as I understand it, this is kind of uh, you're sort of doing a promo press tour for a series of releases that you're putting out of music under your own name. Yep, yep. For the very first time uh, in my long tumultuous history as an artist, I'm putting stuff out under my own name. Kind of came about as uh, as 2021 came to an end. I started looking back at everything that had been happening and. Coincidentally, was in this very same studio uh, yes. a week, couple weeks ago uh, before my shoulder surgery, and uh, we got into some pretty interesting, heavier topics about stuff, but I started looking at everything, and I was like, you know what? <clears throat> I don't have anything out there at all right yeah. now uh, for a number of different reasons, but for me to put out something as myself was kind of a vulnerable thing for me to do. Sure. Right. And I've been about trying to change certain attributes of myself and and part of that is is this idea that, you know, I have to be attached to a band or a project or something like that. And I was like, Well, what would I do if I didn't have any, you know, preconception of what I was supposed to do within a confine of a band? Because you know, guys are in bands, you know how things work. There's oh, always yeah. politics, there's always this and that. But I'm not saying negatively, I'm just saying there's just stuff about it. But um, about after the first of the year, I just started writing stuff. And as fast as I was writing it, I was recording it. And I'm yeah. like, I have no idea what I'm going to do with this, 
put it out, see what happens. And that's exactly what I did. Yeah. So it's funny that I'm doing this this press tour of nothing um, for <laughs> releases that I don't know what I'm doing with. Uh, and that's been the name of the game. And I had talked about this uh, on the other podcast, but my whole thing is just not to overthink it right now. Yeah. Just yeah. kind of put stuff out into the world, see that's what the best happens. Way to do it. That's the biggest killer, honestly, of, of the to stifle creativity is the just overthinking everything and everything that you, and I know this even for myself, and I'm not, I don't really I release music, uh, you know, as by myself, but like, it's just any time that you just sit and think, anytime you overanalyze the sound of your own voice, the sound of like a riff that you made that you thought was cool at first, you hear it played back and it's like, oh, I don't know. And it's like there's overthinking. It can definitely stifle just mm. getting stuff out there. Analysis paralysis. <laughs> yeah, yes. for sure. <laughs> it is the worst. And I remember when I was in in school and I was going to co for a business degree, which I've not used at all. Um, yeah, that was a big fun. Uh, it wasn't a waste of time. I learned a lot of stuff. I actually built my first business plan to open my recording studio when I did that. Well, there you so go. That was, nice. So there was, there was something positive that for came sure. out of it, but that's uh, better than most can say. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but I remember, I, I don't know if it was in a marketing textbook or a management textbook or something, but they talked about analysis paralysis and I'm just like, are you guys firing shots at me? What's the deal? Why? <laughs> it literally me. <laughs> yeah, I was like, why is there a picture of me in this yeah. book? No, that's that's been the uh, that's par for the course. Uh, not to be golf punny for your story that you said, but that's just the way it's been for me for a long time. Is that I always uh, overthink and over overanalyze and overcook, and pretty soon the crock pot's exploded and it's on fire, and then you're just like, well, now I have no. Stew. I think I think that's a hurdle for any creative or it is. truly creative person it really is and, and and if you can just get over that hurdle and, and put stuff out there even if it's not exactly what you wanted you know it let other people decide i guess yeah i mean because if it were really up to me i mean and i have i have just folder after folder of hard drives of hard drives of stuff that i've done back when I was 13, 14 years old up until now, and I looked at it, this huge catalog of music that I've not ever even released. That you, know? you should, because I've heard some of it. And I fantastic. played you I played you one of the first songs I recorded on a 16-track on the tape machine. It's incredible. It, it, was, it was a love song for a girl I did not know, um, and we dated for like two weeks in ninth grade. So, No, but I have this whole, this whole backlog of stuff, and I'm looking at it, and I'm just like, okay, what was it all for? for if not to you know yeah. get me where i am today and and you know it's and, for later and, in life when you release from the vault right that's know? that's <laughs> where i'm looking at it i'm looking at it in a, in a future sense and and you know and having <laughs> and i think some part of it too was also um you know having a child a few years back and then going through the pandemic and all that stuff and raising him through that and then trying to work on other people's music and everybody got really creative all of a sudden because yeah. they had nothing else to do and I was mixing everybody else's stuff and I'm just like what about Tim yeah what does Tim want to do and you know now that the dust has kind of settled from all that I, I sat down and I'm just like I'm gonna make a really really heavy guitar based thing and then I'm going to do something that is not that at all in any regard I mean it's I, I almost consciously didn't want to put guitar in the second release that I'm going to do but I ended up doing it because I just can't 
You're Tim King. I can't not. <laughs> you can do play it. guitar really, really, really well. I appreciate that. You're I, I, a, a I to all of us by not I underplayed. Guitar. I underplayed purposefully on it just because I didn't want it to be a thing. You know, yeah. I just want to put the put the stuff in there and let it do what it's doing. Um, well, I I think it's a it's an extremely ambitious project, and I think it's it's fantastic. And before we go any further, I want to touch on the episode that you were mentioning earlier with Alex, our producer here. Uh, he has a podcast also on uh, this podcast network called One Word Stories. And when we were recording our last episode, he told us that he had just finished recording yours. And, um, you know, at the time he's like, I don't know. I don't know if you guys should listen to it before because I want to keep all this fresh for when Tim comes in. And I went back and forth on it a little bit. Uh, you listened to it, didn't you? Finally, yeah. finally, I decided to listen to it. And Bastard. I'm so, so glad that I did. And I absolutely urge everyone to go listen to that episode right away because you know i've kind of been following your progress as you've been sharing things with us on social media and obviously you've really opened up and shared a lot of um i mean very vulnerable things and uh i just i really respect you for that a lot and and especially doing that podcast episode um you really kind of dove into the genesis of this project and also you know before that sort of the the difficult things that you endured so um i mean we don't have to weigh this episode down with that too much if you don't want to obviously the, i'll talk about whatever man sure i'm and, here and we'll definitely touch on it i think but um i think it's really important to to note that our podcast is all kind of mainly centered around things that that do make life worth living for. I mean, that's kind of the whole slogan and, and idea behind this. So sure. the fact that this project is sort of you being able to, uh, you know, emotionally express some of that stuff that you were going through, I think totally fits the vibe of what we're doing. Um, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting into it. Um, and I've, we've right all listened to both of the, so Tell us a little bit about the format of how you did, because you did three releases total. Uh, right? Four. Uh, the th- okay. the fourth one's coming out April first, and no, it's not an April Fool's joke. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I timing the timing that I did it. I I released the first one January first, and then February first, and then March first, and April first. I'm like, now people think it's gonna be a joke or something, but <laughs> yeah. no, it's not. It's, um, I I I kind of kickstarted the whole thing by going back and really digging into some of the stuff that I was listening to in 2021 and and we can we can go as far as you want to in terms of the details of what happened in 2021 but I, I it think, was I it mean was, maybe obviously like I said I highly encourage anyone listening to this to go check out your episode with Alex on his podcast sure but if you want to maybe just kind of run through basically what 2021 looked like for you or, sure. or before actually before you go okay. there can you just give us a really quick snippet of who you are because there's a lot of people listening to this that don't know Tim King <laughs> yeah, that's from true. the guy next door and just it doesn't have to be anything much I know that uh, actually the first time I ever heard of you was uh, my son uh, was playing in a band with Dusty yep yep and they released some thrash song called uh, I don't know what it is under the band Sun Under Sun yep and you it's uh, still on YouTube you can find it yeah and it's he produced that but uh, yeah I mean I know you've done stuff with AVP. Oh yeah, you've uh, had a band with her. You've done some stuff around town. Oh yeah, yep. Uh, Tim King, the person, uh, boils down to: I think that I am a fairly competent songwriter guy. 
Uh, I've been trying to get better at producing and helping other people express their songs in a way that maybe they aren't able to do themselves. I'm, I'm kind of like this weird uh, bearded conduit guy <laughs> is, is how I am. Um, I and, and in going into that, looking at what I'm doing for me is me doing the same thing for myself as what I do for other people. Right. So it was a very, sure. very weird cyclical sort of thing, which I would recommend uh, anybody who is who is making music or writing songs or even, uh, you know, or poetry or TV or whatever creative outlet, painting, um, get somebody else's input on it too at some point. Mm. Because eventually you start running into this thing where it's like, a little bit inbred when you're doing everything yourself. And right. there's a lot of people to do that. I'm not knocking it at all, but it's really helped me over the course of uh, learning in my life to allow people into the process and to get feedback and to, you know, just try to share. You know, it doesn't have to be like, I need you to come in here and change everything that I'm doing, but maybe just like send a snippet or something and be yeah. like, hey, what do you think of that or, or whatever. Yeah. But, um, the, the Tim King now is about being a little bit more open uh, about things that have happened to me in the past, not necessarily musically, um, more so just life in general and, and, and being honest and confronting them head on and, and not shying away from uh, the things that get a little bit seedy when mm. we're talking about, you know, uh, heavy topics or, or whatnot. But overall, uh, music is super important to me. It's been the thing that has been keeping me going. Uh, I started playing guitar when I was four and a half years old. So, wow. what other instruments do you play now? Too? I play because we all know you're a killer guitar player. I play guitar. That's my first and foremost. Um, from then, I learned how to play all the other stuff that a band would play. So, like, I learned bass was you know you just kind of. I'm not knocking bassists, absolutely, because there are bassists that can do way better shit than I can do. But learn to play bass next. Learn to play drums after that. Uh, copying Ringo. Bad idea, by the way, because he's a really weird drummer. He is very weird. To, to learn from. Uh, so my drumming was totally based off of that. Um, and then I learned how to play piano after that. And then after that, I got into recording. I got my first four track. I got other recording gear. I started learning techniques and doing all this other stuff. And ipso facto, you just keep kind of progressing forward and, and getting more technologically advanced and, and learning more and going into different scenarios that are new and weird and, and trying to go out of your comfort bubble and all that other stuff and kind of is the precipice of where I am now. Yeah. And it's a really it's a really long, convoluted, patchy story with a lot of time in between cool things happening and and uh, yeah, I've been in a lot of bands. I fronted bands. I've been side person to bands, not as often as I have been the leader of a band, um, which that those are two totally different beasts. Um, sure. Yeah. And uh, right now, I can honestly say I have no clue what I am doing when it comes <laughs> to any of this stuff. I am just putting things out uh, because I would like to have something to my own actual name. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's not, I had and do have uh, a very long catalog with the band I was in prior to Four Star Fate, which is the Sound Thoughts. Mm -hmm. um, that, is, that is where I first believe that I gained 
actual real world experience into playing music and collaborating and being on a stage and doing all this stuff. Cause before that it was like your high school band and like you play at the talent show or you have this band and you practice 400 times and you play one gig or right. something like that. It's like those sorts of things. But sound thoughts was really where I got my footing and I got my confidence. Um, my best friend in the world, Derek Anderson, uh, drummer of the band. He, he kind of prodded me until I was like, okay, fine. I'll do, I'll do this, um, and I'm really glad that I did because we got a lot of really cool experiences. We played a lot of shows together, Jeremy. Yes. I'm pointing to, yep. to you, and I got to see a lot of your shows. And you right? get to see, and you ran sound for some I of the did. shows. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Once that kind of tapered off, uh, Four Star Fate came into the fray, which was really a, a different approach. It was a lot more mathematical uh, in how I was looking at music in the industry at the time, which is bizarre looking back on it now because things have even changed since then. And that was only five years ago Mm -hmm. since uh, that ended. But after I stopped doing that project, then I focused solely on producing other people's music and recording other people's stuff and uh, hooked up with Gerard Estea uh, at G-Mix. I had my own studio. He kind of subsumed me into his fray. Uh, worked on a bunch of cool stuff. I got to go to some really, really cool studios. Um, went to Nashville a couple times. Worked at Blackbird. I mean, I was in wow, the same place. Nice. That, you know, all That's those, awesome. Those awesome uh, artists where they have the hall, the walls are lined with all this stuff. And John is a really cool guy. Uh, McBride, so Martina McBride's husband is the owner of the studio. Built it for her. Wow. Yeah, so that was a very nice gesture on his accord. Um Went out to L.A. Uh, before my son was born uh, just to work with a dude that I I knew mutually through the very first artist that I recorded. Um, he, he had him master the record, and he is in cahoots with all the different people out there. He's in Santa Monica, so he's in the industry he's yeah. in where everything is at he he went out there to to go meet with him got off the plane and was like handed a record contract within like a day or something like that that was the first commercial recording that i did i'm like what like <laughs> ne- one in a million shot never gonna happen again that label folded so that whole thing just kind of went down yeah but uh awesome he, story, he's, yeah, yeah it's a really cool story it's it's one that i can notch in my belt but it didn't really produce any actual result from um but yeah, then moving on from there, working on different records with different people and then changing studios, moving locations. The problem it was always just finding a location that would work well for what I was trying to do. And then once the pandemic happened, I have a space. I still actually have the space. I just don't use it um, uh, off of uh, it's a Hawkeye Fire building. It's off of uh, I call it Co Road. I don't know the name of the road. It's like 13th mm-hmm. or something like that. But I have a studio down there um, that is now uh not a studio it's just a storage house for totes but once the <laughs> pandemic happened i'm like do i need any of this stuff do i need to keep doing this i'm not having people knock down my door to come record and i was like mm, i don't so i had a huge fire sale and i was selling things left and right and all i was left with is my computer and a keyboard and maybe like one or two guitars one microphone and i'm like i just felt like all of it was way too high marked you know i've it wasn't worth the amount you were asking. Oh, probably, so. <laughs> yeah. I was asking like at least twice as much yeah. as what it was actually worth. Um, but that's how I've been operating for the last couple of years. Was uh, before I moved, I was in my living room uh, working on records there, and then I moved to my new house, and I was working in the kitchen. And uh, I've graduated to the dining room, and eventually my space in the basement will be finished. 
and I will move down there. But I, I am not probably going to set up another um, big operation, at least for the time being. So can I ask key. you about that setup? Because you, you mentioned in, in your episode with Alex that you've recorded all of this in your living room. Uh, this is the kitchen. Okay. You're a fantastic singer, and I just got to get that out there because that's one of my favorite things about listening to your music is your vocals specifically are always produced top notch. I mean, it sounds like radio level vocals. And I, I've thank you. I message you from time to time. You know this. Oh yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. Sensei, please show me the way. <laughs> but your vocals are incredible, and I'm just very curious because as somebody who is kind of dipping my toes into the the personal recording game a little bit as well. One of the things, and and I did not start out a singer either. And I, I from what Neither I'm hearing, I. right. So how do you how do you get to that point where you're not afraid to just post up in the living room and start belting it without? Because <laughs> here's my thing. You're right. I've got a little side room, the third bedroom in our house. I've got foam covering almost every square inch of that room, and I'm doing everything I can to keep any noise from escaping into the rest of the house. Sure. And I still refuse to record vocals unless the house is completely empty aside from me i'm constantly worried about the person walking their dog down the street and hearing me go ah like in the background (laughs) Mm -hmm. wow how how do you overcome that mental obstacle because i cannot feel fully expressive and Mm -hmm. creative sure when i know someone can hear it that's a really good question so I'll rack that back. Um, I <clears throat> listening back, and and you heard what I sounded like back in ninth grade, which which was, was still great. So ninety nine first, ninety nine. Yeah, discard that because it still sounded awesome. It's, I mean, my my voice had a little bit up here, you know, because the the old boys hadn't dropped yet. But um, Hanson vibe going on a, a little bit, yeah. Um, don't it, knock Hanson. No, they're they're good. Um, I don't really feel like I came into my own as a singer until I was in Sound Thoughts, and that had to do more with when we were tracking vocals. Um, as funny as it is, like, and when Derek might listen to this, you know, I, I'm trying to keep it keep it everything straight in my mind because sometimes it gets a little bit fuzzy, but. He did not come from a musical background at all. He came from a sports background. And so he approached oh, wow. everything as like this is a, you know, this is a this is an anthemic thing. Like we want to make people feel it and we got to do all this and that. And I was always under the impression like, well, I got to make my voice like kind of buried in the mix and and kind of just a part of the blend of stuff. And he's like, "No, like people want to hear what you're singing." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Oh shit." Okay. Well, how do I do that? So, starting to figure out how to get my voice to do certain things and then being more confident with that and being more expressive with how I was delivering the stuff that I was doing just kind of was a byproduct of him kind of cheerleading me to a degree. So I can't take the credit for all of that. I will take the credit for the way that my timbre sounds because that's obviously just how I sound when I sing. Um, But no, going to, to the EPs that you guys have listened to, I tracked them actually in my grandmother's basement so okay this is this is a duplex in sutherland square which is a gated community so you got like everybody who's old is there and i'm in the basement screaming fuck rock and roll like yes. at the top of my lungs my grandma just she comes to the top of the stairs and she's just like 
do you do you have to say those words Ooh, in your songs? I'm like, that was my favorite song, by the way, like, of yeah, the six. Yeah, thank you. And um, and you know, I'm singing all this really weird stuff and and just screaming and obviously passed out during one of the takes or whatever. But um, I wasn't able to do it at my house so much uh, just because of the way my life is kind of set up right now. I, I go over to her place. She kind of watches him while I work out. And then your, your son, that yeah, is. my son. Yeah. Um, so she's kind of daycare with me. Right. And so when I was, I, instead of doing my stuff at home, I brought it over there. Like I had a, a this is, this is my signal chain here. Are you ready for this? Ready? It's a $100 AKG mic. Get out of here. Into, just into a $200 interface with a crappy Sterling uh, filter that doesn't even block anything. Like, I'm still, when I listen back to the takes when I'm listening to them, I can hear reflections from everything. Like, everything is all over the place. The thing that I do, though, uh, when I track is, like, I have a specific way that, like, I have my headphones kind of half on, half off, so I can get in to the vibe, but I can also hear my, my pitch because yeah. I have a hard time getting into that. Um, but something really weird, and I don't know if this is weird. I'm sure other people do it too, but I, I, I double almost everything that I do. I may not end up using it, but I double it so that I can, I can comp the take, which means, um, you take the best bits out of yeah. the takes and then you kind of slap them all together. That's um, a really common practice that I think is very useful for that. Oh yeah. Reason. It's, yeah. I, I, I would never, I at the Instamix thing. Yeah. And way easier now than it oh, was back in the, in the time of tape and oh, razor blades. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I never did that back in the time of tape because I, I would not take a razor blade to tape and do any of that stuff. I wouldn't have even known how to do that stuff. I knew how to spool the tape on the machine and that was about it and press record. I watched a lot of razor blade action. Oh geez. Yeah. I think as technology is getting better and better to, to that point, is that it matters less and less of really spending all this top dollar on all this equipment. Obviously, there is a difference if you have a $1,000, $2,000 microphone and, pro, you know, a vocal preamp and everything. But, like, you can accomplish a lot these days, I think, with a, a fairly basic setup. And I think the quality, the production quality uh, and the mix of your EP speaks to that. It, it sounds great. I mean, you may be able to hear some flaws in it, but, I mean, it's, you know, we all listen to it. And I, I thought it sounded great. Yeah, and so keeping with the vocal thing, and we'll, we'll get into the other aspects of it, but I watch the computer screen when I'm singing mm -hmm. so that I can make sure that my transients and everything are lining up with the take that I'm doing. So, in a way, I'm kind of getting my head out of doing that, and I'm focusing on another, pro on sure. another task. It's like I got my task manager open, and I'm like, my RAM can go here now, and I'm just going to sing as loud and ballsy as I can, but I want to make sure that I'm hitting those lines correctly so that I don't have to do a bunch of editing, yeah. which I end up doing a bunch of editing anyways. <laughs> but, I mean, that's one way. I mean, whatever whatever you need to do to get you into that space, just do it. I mean, yeah. I've, I personally have never, like, worried too much about um, – other people being around unless it was really something that I didn't want to sing in front of other people, which yeah. this stuff I didn't necessarily want to, but I didn't really have a choice. And so I prefaced it with, and she's never going to listen to this podcast, but I said, I'm doing this for a client. And she's like, oh, okay, that's totally fine. Yeah. And I'm just down there like, fuck rock and roll, I hate it, everybody sucks, and this all happened. And, you know, she didn't, she didn't think anything of it, but, um, there were a couple times where I came up. She's just like, "Are you? Do you have to make music that sounds like that? <laughs> like I really like it when you just sing 
really nice, happy songs. And songs I'm like, to Jesus. Yeah, and I'm just like, I don't, <laughs> I don't write that way. So I don't, I, and I tried to consciously, and it still ended up kind of coming out a little bit dark. But yeah, um, I mean, I get it, dude. I remember when my son was recording all of his shit in high school, not the one you know, but my other boy. There was so much foul language coming out of that basement. And I would, I remember thinking, you know, he's only 14. You know, I don't know if he should be putting that out there. And But you know what? Now we see the fruit of it. You know what I mean? You just got to be able to let it all out. Yep. And- yeah, absolutely. So to, to cap it off, um, I, I just found what worked for me. And that was uh, having somebody else kind of push me into that territory to yeah. say, let it just let it come out make it growly make it gravelly not now not every song needs that but right. but having that in your toolkit is really helpful so yeah. if you need me to sit here and tell you jeremy get I into do. that headspace i do need that just fucking let it go do it. bring out the cojones and just <clears throat> sing don't do you, worry so much just make sure you're not clipping the signal and you're fine okay. you, i mean you're good do you have a basement no oh. i don't have a basement in my house Interesting. and <laughs> funny you mentioned that chelsea and i hopefully this spring we'll be looking into getting a new house wow she's got all of these she's like well i want this it's got to have hardwood floors i want to have blah 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 shiplap and all this crap and i'm like if it has a basement that is my only criteria i need a cave i need to go underground where no one can hear me and no one can see me (laughs) and so i can wear my heart on my sleeve and and cry into a microphone for 45 minutes there you go that's that's great dude that's exciting because that's exactly what, what i have and i even making this little jingle for this podcast, I would have been embarrassed just being in yes. my living room. You know, I just yeah let everything come out. You know, yeah, yeah. So, um, Tim, before we get into our segment here, and I know we're we've definitely touched on a lot of great stuff. Yeah. Um, can you circle back here to um, a- again the events that sort of led to sure. where these where this music came yes. from? Yes. Sure. So, I have had a history probably since 2012 ish of um i always make up a lot of words or i see memes and i start associating those words with things but i call it feeling glonky okay (laughs) it was a surreal meme that i saw and i'm like that kind of describes how i feel um no it's it's been a natural progression of how my life has kind of always been i've always felt going back to a kid and just remembering even how I felt around other kids at school, I always felt like I was really nervous all the time. Like I was always, like I had butterflies in my stomach and my hands were always sweating and I always just felt like I couldn't talk to people or do any of that other stuff. But, you know, eventually hormones and things and you grow and you get older and things get knocked out of the way, but it started to kind of rear its head in some weird ways. Like I started exhibiting some some obsessive, compulsive, weird type of stuff back in like 2007, 2008. I sought help for that then. Um, you know, flash forward, I get married. I leave the house for the first time. Like I was, a, I was a late bloomer on everything. Late bloomer in puberty, late bloomer in getting a job, going to college. I didn't, fin- you know, I finished college just four years ago or five wow. years ago or whatever. Um, uh, and how old are you now? I am 36. Okay. So, yeah, so I was maybe, I, I guess it was a little older than that. I was 28 sure. when I finished it. But to everybody else, everybody else was like 21, and I'm like this old guy in the class. She's <laughs> like, hey, what's up, dudes? Yeah. Um, but everything I've done has been really l- late. Uh, got married, you know, left the house when I was 26 or whatever, 27. And um, I don't think that I was prepared 
to understand what adulting really meant and mm-hmm. what that all entailed. And so instead of understanding that, I let it kind of take over my body mm-hmm. to a degree. And this is back in 2013, and I got to a really low point where I was like, you know, just I just felt sick all the time. And it was ne- it was never a specific illness. And I cannot count how many times I went to the ER or the instant care. And I'm like, I wow. have I have a sinus infection or I have a bladder infection or I have Ebola. I don't know what I have. I have something, but it's bad. And eventually they were just like, there's nothing wrong with you. So, I, you know, I talked to my, my therapist, my counselor, and they're just like, dude, you're just really – you have so much, you know, the pot boils over and you didn't realize that that's what was happening. And so I, I got treatment for that and, you know, years go by and, you know, you have your ups and downs. It's like a sine wave. It just kind of goes up and down. Right. 2021, interesting year. So <clears throat> I moved out of uh, our house that my wife and I had lived at for about eight years. Um, and that's her very, that is her childhood home. That's where she grew up. Um, her father passed away there, so it was bequeathed to her. So I moved into a house that already had history to it. So mm-hmm. we leave this house. We have a year-and-a-half-year-old kid. Um, moved to a new neighborhood, which, coincidentally, uh, Derek's brother, Lance, actually lives at the very start of the street, which is awesome. So oh, nice. I, have, I have a neighbor already, yeah. which is cool. Um, but we move. We start, like, tearing apart the house, and we start doing projects and stuff. And I just start noticing that my my mental faculties are starting to go down and every day I wake up is just like, I can't wait to go to bed. You know, I wake Mm -hmm. up and you're not supposed to want to go to bed. You're supposed to like get up and seize the day, carpe diem and all that other shit. Um, but it all came to a fever pitch and I just kept waking up feeling like crap and feeling like crap. And I was just like, all right, one day I had enough and I had made this plan. And of course you probably want to disclaim, uh, you know, on your thing, like they did on the other show that we talk about some iffy stuff. But, uh, one Friday in May, I decided I was going to try to take my life. So I tried this and that. I won't get into it, but didn't work, obviously still here talking. So that's good. Um, and it took me a really long time to, to talk to anybody about it. I, I talked to my counselors about it. I didn't tell my wife until probably, I think it was the end of July or August or something like that about wow. what happened. Yeah. Um, just because of the guilt and the shame that I felt about what had happened. And once that happened and I started kind of letting more of that out, I started to feel differently about it. Mm. Um, which is, I wish I had, you know, some sort of like, epiphanal moment where I'm like, all right, now I'm going to just make this kick ass EP or whatever. (laughs) But this is, this is how this worked out. My, my new year's resolution was to make music and not think about it. So I start writing some songs in early January, get COVID like within the first two weeks. (laughs) And I got the sickest out of everybody. So I'm just like laying on the couch. Like I was like a zombified guy. So that's where the idea for nothing came about. Cause I'm just like, I don't want to write an entire album about this because I have already thought about it enough. I have already dealt with it enough. I'm going to make a blast of music that's like 11 or 12 minutes long and just expunge it out. Yeah. And um, that's where the genesis of nothing came from. So I've had a couple of people, not many because, you know, it's, the way I've been promoting it is basically like posting really shitty memes and like <laughs> posting Spotify links to it or whatever. But you know, somebody messaged me like, 
you know, I heard your song and, you know, fuck rock and roll. Like, what's that all about? And I'm like, okay, let's take a step back here. You didn't listen to the song. Yeah. <laughs> here's Here's the thing about that in particular is I'm not, well, no. Okay, I'll take that. I'll rack it back. I am kind of harping on it, but at the same time, I got to a point where not even music was doing it for me anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, when the thing that is intertwined with your DNA detaches itself and is free-floating in your body and then it excretes itself and it's no longer there, that is problematic. And I've said that to my to my wife and to my closest friends. I'm like, if music ever doesn't become a thing that I want to do anymore, there's probably something wrong with me. And that's yeah. what fuck rock and roll was because I'm just like, I don't want to do any of this shit. I don't want to make music. I don't want to listen to music. If it comes on in the car, turn it off. If it's on TV, turn that shit off. I don't want to fucking hear it. I don't want to deal with it. Um, you know, and that's that. That's the line, and that's the you know, it's really that's the only thing that's keeping me going at that point. But it stopped. Well, unfortunately, you're going to get a lot of people asking that question. But I, I got that from the song. I mean, I was obvious that you don't hate rock and roll. Well, that, I, that, I that felt was like the thing. That was like a satirical side to yeah. it, where it was it, it like was. you were, yeah, it was, and 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 I guess it was more so to weed out anybody who wasn't going to listen to the message because if you look at a song and it says fuck rock and roll and you're really hard you know die hard rock fanatic and you're going to say no no this isn't for me <laughs> no this is not but but the other side of it too is and and I don't know I hope I ruffle some feathers with this but how many times in your life have you asked somebody like what 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 do they listen to what music do you listen to it's always like oh I listen to like everything but rap yeah. I listen to everything country, but country. Yeah. I listen yeah. to everything but this. And I'm like, you know what? Rock kind of gets a pass because it's it's a very broad spectrum oh, and, yeah. and it kind of has its own thing. And I think sometimes it takes itself a little too seriously, which is why I put like some humor into the song by saying like my rock pass has been revoked now because yeah. I've said fuck rock or whatever. Well, it's like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and everything. I mean, like it's crazy, like yeah. what 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 passes and what gets in. I'm not saying that the people that made the music aren't deserving of it, but I don't know if that music itself qualifies as rock in particular that sure. they're putting in. That's a whole different topic for another yeah. another time. But I want I, I really thought it was gonna ruffle a lot more feathers than it did, but mostly everybody's just like, dude, that song's fucking awesome. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, I, that's good. That's what I was going for. I hope people like yeah. it. But I want I that's not really a crazy thing to say in twenty twenty two, I guess. You know, fuck rock music. Everybody's just like, Yeah, music just kinda sucks in general. Nothing's really good. <laughs> Everything's kinda terrible all over uh, in every aspect of life. But now that was it, it. It snowballed. I wrote that first. Then I wrote, "I'm tired of listening to myself, bitch, about everything." Let's do it. That was the ending song, and that's I. I wrote it linearly. I did it like that. I constrained myself. That's that's how I write. Uh, how I feel like I write some of the best stuff that I do is that I, I put a constraint on what I'm doing. Like I put a very rigid. Um, not necessarily a deadline, but like parameters on it. Like this is going to be a very heavy rock EP. It's going to be linear from start to finish. It's going to tell a story. the The song titles tell. The song titles are a sentence. It is. Mm -hmm. It's fuck rock and roll. I'm sick of me as well. Just fucking pull the plug. You know. That was the whole concept Shit. of that. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So that's how I, so that's how I did that. I, I I put the folders there first. I made the songs after that. So I had the idea, I had the genesis for the idea, and then I put it all together like that. So that's just how I, I operate. And 
So I made that one, and then I'm like, well, I hate this. Uh, what's the next <laughs> thing I can do? I want to do something that I really, really like. Yeah. And and what I really happen to like is just super over-the-top, overproduced, shitty drum machine 80s stuff. I love that stuff. It just, I don't know, it resonates with me in some odd, soulless way because it's very digital and it's very clean and it's very quaffed and manicured and all this other stuff. But I'm with you. I'll take, I will take uh, No Jacket Required by Phil Collins over a lot of rock albums. You know? The New Tears for Fears is just totally rocking my world right now. I don't know if you've heard it. I have not, but I saw that they were coming back out. I see yeah. articles posted and I'm like, I should probably check that shit. Yeah. That, like that, they get my goat going. Uh, Huey Lewis, I love that stuff. Um, you know, any of that synth pop kind of stuff. But oh, I yeah. wanted to make an EP for a different reason. So Nothing Incorporated was. All of my, all of my black tar spewed out into the street. I just like expunged all of it, and I'm like, "What's the polar opposite?" Okay, it's uh, the love of the person who's kept me going through this. So everything is dedicated to my wife because she's obviously the one who's who's been there and supported me and 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 all that other stuff. So I'm like, I'm gonna go from this extreme to that extreme. And let's see what happens. And I cranked out those songs, and they're not like everything's a ballad, right? The third song. Uh, the third one is is a ballad, I suppose, if you want to call it that. Um, balladish. Balladish. It still, I mean, it still goes to a pretty big chorus. Yes, I, I tend to do that. I don't know why. What's that song? Uh, that's Keepsake. Yeah, um, I dug that song. That that's probably my favorite one. That's probably the most '80s one out of the whole thing. But there's still some elements of modern pop going on in it too. But sure. I wanted to make something because she really likes '80s music too. She's really nostalgic for. We're very weird in the sense that we have this nostalgia for a, a time period that we grew up in that we didn't get to experience because we were only five at the end of the decade. But I look back on it and I'm like. I want a white suit and a teal undershirt <laughs> and a gold chain and Miami Beach and I want to just drive and I want to fucking crank um, uh, flock of seagulls or some shit. <laughs> like I'm I'm nostalgic for a time that I don't think ever really existed. There's because a term for that. Did you know? That? It actually did. It did. It did exist. I was there. <laughs> I don't know if it's as great as I'm thinking it was, but. There's a, there's, a word, term, there's a yeah. word for that, and I, I recently found out about this a few years ago and actually wrote a song about it because I thought it was so interesting. It's called Anamoya. And it's I think I've heard of that. A deep feeling of nostalgia for a time that you didn't actually live through. Or yeah, that. yeah. Some people get really, really jived over the 60s or yeah. the 70s or... I haven't really heard a lot of people say I that. I feel like but that describes you, Jeremy. I was just, well, does it mean... Can it be a time that you were like alive for but not like... Possibly. I think it's, like it's a, a like time a that you weren't child. a part of, you know. Yeah. You weren't yeah. a part of what actually was going Basically on. Basically your high I, school years. I, I'm going to look this up when we go when we're out of here because I, I, I feel that way. Yeah. Like I was born like 10 years too late. Yeah. Like so I was alive. Like it would overlap. Like, you know, my teens would have been when I was alive as a little kid. But I just feel like, like the back the, to the 80s. You know, I'm 40 yeah. now, so I was born in 81. Um, you know, I think if I'd been born seventy one, that would have been all right with me. That would yeah. have been cool. But yeah, yeah everybody's got their everybody's got their their decade that they really uh, glom onto. But for whatever reason, I 
I just really like the sounds and the stylistic choices of the 80s. And I know a lot of people think that it's full of schlock and <laughs> crap. And to be fair, there is. And well, but with any decade, there's going to be that kind of stuff. Because everything gets overdone. Yeah. That's yeah, the problem. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you go to early 80s versus late 80s, and it might as well be two different worlds. Like, the early 80s was still very dry production. By the end of the 80s, like, there wasn't anything that didn't have reverb on it or chorus. <laughs> and every snare was gated. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. gated off or whatever but I wanted to make something that kind of harkened back to that thing and I started writing those songs after I got done with nothing and I tracked those my whole goal was to get everything done by the time I had my surgery which I met the night before which was the podcast that I did with Alex I got the masters for everything that night Wow, and I'm like Good I did you, it man. I did it I did my thing that I wanted to do and now what am I doing since I've been sitting here in a sling? I wrote another album, and it's actually a full-length album, and I'm working on it now. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, shit. It's, it's, and I don't even have any idea what it's going to do, but I want to say that it's going to hit more of a middle ground between yeah. those two very rigid extremes. And I think that moving forward, I was looking at what Tim King could be or do, um, and, I, and somebody that I've looked to, uh, my entire life, and I have no idea why my mom got me this record when it came out, but, but it was Beck's Mellow Gold. I mean, there was oh, person yes. all over that. Come on. But but Beck has been a person that I've looked at, and um, I don't want to say emulated, but I've really admired the fact that he just does everything. Yeah. Country record to funk record to electro pop record to whatever the fuck he wants to do because he doesn't have a, you know, a constraint so to speak yeah. of uh you know if if um if foo fighters were to put out something that sounded like carly ray jepson we might be a little bit concerned for dave <laughs> but you know with beck it's just him it's yeah. his name and so i, I was kind of taking the same approach with me i'm like i kind of want to be all those things but from a marketing standpoint that's absolutely atrocious because it's like i have this really heavy fuck you rock and roll and then i have this like hey i'm really glad <laughs> to be alive and so now now that i'm making an album i'm trying to kind of condense condense the extremes down into something that's a little more palatable that might gain some traction in terms of like if you listen to this and then you listen to the next thing, you're not going to be like, wow, those are two totally different people. I'm trying to do something that's more. Even it out. Of Even yeah. it out. It's not the record that I've been doing now is is definitely got its roots in in uh, pop. It's got its roots in rock for sure. It does not get as heavy as nothing, though. Nothing is definitely. It's just crazy to me, dude, that that's it's March just barely. And you've already like written two full albums worth of shit. I and this is in your you're gonna love this so the constraint that i gave myself for this record was this and everybody i've told this to is just like you're stupid don't do that that's a dumb idea and i'm like well that's why i gotta do it because it's stupid um the constraint that i gave myself was the record itself and all of the song titles are homographs so what that is is the word is spelled only one way, but it can be pronounced two ways or three ways. Wow. And I'm using both words in the song. Oh, nice. And I'm not saying which one is which. Nice. So when somebody says, oh, that new Tim single, Tear, no. It's Tear. It's Tear. <laughs> it's actually Tear, but it's Tear. Yeah. The record is called Contract. Or is it Contract? 
Oh, wow. See? Yeah, I'm fucking everybody's minds up here. You're but stupid that's a to constraint. Do that. I know. It's a terrible idea. <laughs> it's a terrible idea, but nah. it's gotten me. I, I've written probably seven or eight songs within the last two weeks. And Jeez, I just dude. keep going with it because I'm like, that's my constraint. And then I figure out a clever way where I can say lead and lead. And I can say wound and wound. And I can do all these dumb Fucking things. Fook. It's just so <laughs> stupid, but it's given me the the you're, ammunition that I need. You're finding to inspiration do. in that. Absolutely, yeah, awesome. I find inspiration in the weirdest crap. Just yeah. like I found, I think I was like on the treadmill, like just looking at stuff, and I was researching words or something, and a homograph came up, and I'm like, that'd be really dumb if I made a song <laughs> a that whole was called album. Wound, Wound, Wound. Which is it? That new Tim King record, contract, con- contract? What is it? I don't know. <laughs> Nobody knows. I don't even know. I don't care. I don't really have any reason to um, to tell anybody what it is because I don't even know. I don't, <laughs> honestly. Wow. Because there is, within the song, the actual title of the song of what I was thinking of when I was making it, but I'm calling it whatever the homograph is. Yeah. So it's just, I it's love just it. stupid. It's something to chew on for sure. Um, hey, Jeremy, what do you think? I have an idea out of the box here. What if we do something a little different? I almost feel like we need to play a song now. Yeah. Off the Tim King album. I was just going to suggest that we take a break and then maybe do things a little differently, but we can do whatever you want, however you want to do it. Well, I mean, I just feel like we've been going for a while because we're listening to your whole story. I want to cut you in half. So I think it'd be good. We can take the break now, but I think we should start with, with Tim's song because I just think it's... You know, we're all in the mindset of it right now, and you're all I've in heard the Tim story. zone. We're in yeah. the Tim zone. Yeah. Why don't we? Yeah, do we're, the one. Do we're the one song, things. and then we'll do it. Take a break, and then we'll do three. All right, welcome back. And uh, I think we're going to do things a little differently here, like we said. Uh, we are going to start our segment uh, with Tim, but here we go with the Groove Life Podcast Song of the Week. <laughs> the Groove Life Song of the Week. So we did things a little differently this time because, Tim, you have all this new original material and you actually uh, proposed to us that we choose a song uh, for you to play. So this yes. is the song we've chosen, but can you give us a little bit of an introduction before we play it? Sure. song is called Just Pull the Plug. It is the third song on Nothing Incorporated. It is the final piece of the triptych in the tale of Tim's 2021 uh, it gets to the point where I'm just kind of fed up and done, and I literally do pass out at the end of the song. You may want to cut it out. It's kind of long, but I was recording, and I passed out. It was really stupid. I went to the ER. Uh, I'm fine. I just uh, held my breath too hard. <laughs> but you left the pass out <laughs> in the song. But I left the pass out in the song. I edited it down. It was a minute and 15, but I had to edit it down because nobody wants to hear a bunch of click track with nothing happening What's... in the background. I, I want to hear the whole song, though. Let's Let's hear it.
accessory to my own assassination and character for what it's worth is overrated so heaven sent this ambivalence to keep me dissociated the feelings that arrive inside are my creation the universe expands yeah i'm just a grain of sand i don't think we're gonna make it in the end i am all Standing up. Oh, Jesus Christ, what the hell just happened? Yeah, the click track going. Yeah. In the back. Dude, that, <laughs> that was, was so organic and so. 
it was it was incredible and i i needed to put that in there as a moment of levity because otherwise it is the most suffocating well can we talk about how the the cruel irony of you saying i'm always one step away from a fall oh yeah that was the best part about it falling and hitting your head yeah that was perfect that was that was chef's kiss yeah that couldn't have gone (laughs) any better than that yeah. I, I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. That what was a, real. That let was it be real known. Folks. Let it be known. I I, I suffer from my art, yeah. literally. Yeah. Crazy, dude. That was awesome. Uh, Hell of a song. This has been a great episode, and I think a lot of people are going to really relate to a lot of the things that you shared, and also really enjoyed hearing your story. And uh, that song, shit, that's heavy as hell. Yeah, man. I, I feel like I've heard the whole both EPs. So have you guys and. Yeah, it's really a treat because they're very polar opposite, but at the same time, it's all Tim, and I think he did a really good job. And he's got a lot more coming up. It sounds like so. Uh, thank you, Tim, so much for uh, coming out and um, and for doing this for us. The LAS Podcast Network is an independent network of local creators based in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com.